Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I am your host, Marsha Van Weinsberg. I'm a business coach, speaker, and author of the best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. On this podcast, we will use the tips, tools, and strategies used by myself and our speakers to break through and overcome the challenges in our lives. When we take radical responsibility of our choices, create boundaries, grow our courage and practice self-care and letting go of what isn't ours to control, we can completely change our stories. When we take full ownership of our stories, we take back our personal power and this allows us to impact, serve and support others by showing them that they are not alone and helping them find freedom from their stories. When you own your choices, you truly own your life. Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And today we are speaking with Coralyn Hazelwood. Coralyn and I have connected, especially over these last six months, where I have been part of her program, Designed to Scale, and I have learned so many things about the technological side of our businesses. And I think this is a really important episode because a lot of, I'm going to say women for a second, a lot of women that I have worked with in business, this is the part of the business that scares them. Yet it is the missing link. It's the piece that's so important. And literally your profitable business is going to be determined by do you have systems in place? Do you Are you designed to scale your business? And she finds a way to simplify this incredibly overwhelming piece that a lot of us label it overwhelming. So Coraline is a website and Kajabi wizard, and she teaches entrepreneurs how to simplify the tech side of scaling their businesses. She has scaled her web design agency to six figures in 10 months and is the founder of Design to Scale and co-founder of the Social Growth Vault. She's a bachelor of technology, post-grad in PR and post-grad in social media management. She's worked in the digital media space for over seven years and has worked with massive corporations like Dole Foods and Kodiak Boots and nonprofits like the Toronto Zoo. She is determined to help digital businesses, digital business owners embrace technology so that they can help more people in less time while making more money. Can I simply say yes, absolutely yes. Why would you not? So we get into all things. Corlin has a great way of bringing the strategy and the woo together. And I know if you're listening and you've heard this before, the woo is so as important because you need to be in alignment with what you're here to teach. And the gifts that you have are really what will lead you to building your profitable businesses. So this is an incredible episode. I know you're going to love it. Welcome to the show today, Corlin. I'm so thrilled to have you here. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Well, let's get started with everybody getting to know a little bit more about you. Where are you from? Oh, gosh. Um, I technically live in Toronto, mm-hmm. Ontario, Canada. Um, grew up in a suburb outside of the city. Uh, spent my whole life there. Been mm-hmm. here my whole life. <laughs> you know. Still here. I understand. <laughs> I understand. I want to know, Do you? could you share what has been the most impactful book for you? Oh, um, yes. Although funny thing about me, I'm actually terrible with the names of things. Like I'll read a whole book and I don't know the name, watch a whole movie. And I'm like, remember that? (laughs) Okay. So from like a marketing business standpoint, this is marketing by Seth Godin. Godin. It's just an incredible book. 
um, it just changes the way that you think about selling your business and like mm. selling your programs and your courses. And it takes it from like this, like sleazy salesperson thing into this like active, generous service <laughs> that you're it. doing. And I think that's like a shift that we all need. Um, and then this one, no BS wealth attraction in the Ooh. new economy. I don't know that one by Dan S. Kennedy. And he's like, a he's like an infomercial God. <laughs> um, yeah. He's like one of the big names for like infomercial, uh, marketing. Oh, and cool. this book is like, it really is no BS wealth attraction. Um, it's not like law of attraction type stuff, but it is like practical things that you can do to shift the way that people think about you and pay you. Mm. Um, and so this one is, is one of my all time favorites. I read it all the time. Um, and then the third one is conversations with God, which is definitely more of like a spiritual esoteric, um, series, but I've got it like dog marked, bookmarked in like so many places, like notes in the margins. And it just really like, for me, gets me thinking about life and beings and what it means to be alive and what it means to die and like have sexual experiences and like all of that stuff in like a different way. Mm. Um, which I think can only ever be a positive thing for us to explore. And so this series, um, it's a series, right? Cause I know there's yeah. a couple. Yeah. Yeah. So there's three books. This is book two and three that I have in my hand right now, but I'm, um, yeah, it, it changed the way that I live my life in a lot of ways and just got me asking questions that I hadn't asked before and thinking about things that I like just assumed. <laughs> um, and, you know, the fact that it's conversations with God was really interesting to me. I don't, I'm not like a religious person, but I'm definitely spiritual. So it was, um, it was just interesting to kind of explore different topics that are really big uh, that we don't talk about enough from a spiritual standpoint. I love it. I love that you, like, there's so many people that I interview who, when I ask them their favorite books, it's like from the gamuts, like it's all, it's right. just such a why. And I love it because that's, that says a lot about you, but it's also just that we aren't one dimensional, right? We're not one dimensional with what we do and what we are. Right. I love it. Yeah. I mean, those are the three things that I'm like always talking about either my business, my money, <laughs> or my spiritual life and like bigger esoteric things like the universe. And so, um, yeah, that's like all I read about aside from like science nerds and stuff. There's a neuroscience book that completely changed the way that I do business, but I'm blanking on the name of it. That's not what psycho, I, it's not psycho cybernetics. No, although that was an incredible read. Mm -hmm. Um, no, this book, um, I read it probably last year. Mm -hmm. And I swear, I think it's a $30 book and it's, it's worth 10 million. The information that's in it is, is honestly so freaking good. And I don't know why the name is like, it's just not it present. It's just not present at all. It's like a totally random book we found like in like the thralls of Reddit one day, just mm -hmm. like deep in a Reddit forum, nobody needs to go down. Um, but we found this book and it was, it was so freaking good. And I, I cannot for the life of me That's okay. uh, remember the book. So. That's all right. If you pull it up and you think of it, send it to me because I'm always fascinated. I keep this like running tab in my Amazon cart of like, when I see a book, I'm like, I add it and I add it and I add it. So I yeah. keep going back to it. Yeah. I, yeah, I'll find it and, and share it with you guys so that you guys have it. Cause it's also a book that, um, 
not a lot of people know of. Like everyone's kind of circulating like atomic habits and like all of these. This is a totally not no, talked about a ton of this book. So that's no why I can't think about it right now. <laughs> that's okay. It's all good. Do oh, yeah. you have a mantra or a phrase or something that grounds you and describes who you are? Um, I mean, I have ones that I'm using in my life right now. Yeah. Um, I think that they shift as I'm like going through things. So, um, like the one thing that I'm kind of focusing on right now is like, there's always an overflow mm. is kind of something that I'm always thinking about, like whether that's money, love, joy, clients, pleasure, like there's always an overflow in my life. It's not that there's not enough. And, and that comes from the fact that I'm trying to reprogram this idea of being not enough in every way. Um, and so there's that one is, is there's always an overflow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another question <laughs> that I'm always asking myself is, are you trying to blame someone right now? So that one's a big one that I'm working through. And so I'm, I ask myself that every time that I feel powerless, I'm like, am I trying to blame someone right now Mm -hmm. Um, or something or something outside of myself? And then the other one is just focus on what you can control, which seems really basic, but most of us don't do this. (laughs) Well, it actually goes really well with number two. Because it's, it does go really well. And I've done a number of podcast episodes, but I just want to share this part that like whenever we sit in blame, blame sits on the opposite end of ownership. They're in different ends of the spectrum. So every time I catch myself blaming somebody, I'm like, whoa, 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 Marsha, what are you not owning right now? Like, what are you not? You're, you're putting your control in something you can't control, but you're not controlling something over here that you can. Yeah. And I think that's where we end up powerless and victimized. And I lived a lot of my life as a victim Mm -hmm. thinking that I was a victim and, and, you know, blaming other people for my circumstances. And, um, (laughs) it never goes away. Right. Like it also just never, ever, it never goes away. It's it's like, it's ingrained in me. I know that's something I'm going to have to overcome forever. Right. Like it's just part of, it took 30 years to program it in there. It's going to take a long ass time to get it out. <laughs> like, I'm way more stubborn now than I was as a child. Right. So like, it's going to take some time. <laughs> oh God. Gonna... Yeah. Like it's like yeah. the thing. It's not, I mean, I talk a lot about victims and victim mindset and all those things. I mean, I talk about it because I lived there for a really long time. Yeah. I know it. I don't judge it. I just recognize it. Cause I did it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Where do we begin? It's <laughs> another, another. That's another whole podcast. All right. What drives you, and what lights you up? Um, what drives me is other people's results. Mm-hmm. Um, I have always been someone who like thrives seeing other people happy. Uh, codependency one hundred and one. <laughs> Again, let's not get into that. <laughs> no, nope, um, I think I think it's come up in a really beautiful way for me in a lot of areas of my life, and you know, not so hot in some other areas. But when it comes to business, like I'm really truly driven by providing the best possible experiences for my clients so that they can get the best possible results. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's you know, that's really really important to me, and that's what drives me. Is like when I get that message in my in my Instagram that says like. Oh, I needed this, or I just made a thousand dollars or, you know, this just happened. 
or like, I just had this shift, like whatever that might be. That's what drives me is like people getting tangible results and like leaving my presence better than they got when they came to it. So that's really important to me. And then I don't remember the second question. (laughs) Well, it's the same thing. It's like, what drives you lights you up? Same thing. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. All good. It's interesting because, um, you are (laughs) like you, you've taken tech in what you do and you've simplified it for business owners. And there's so many things that I'm going to tie this to what we just talked about, but there's so many things about that. That is great because a lot of business owners, myself included, we put tech on this like high, 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 high pedestal that I can't do it. It's too much work. I don't understand. It's too hard. Who can I hire to do it? And you've taught it and simplified it in such a way that it's helped us to understand that a, it's part of our business. B it's actually not about me. It's about the client having an experience that's easy Uh, for them. And it's such an important part of our business. So with your program designed to scale, which I happily joined in January and I'm (laughs) like, I just, I love it. But it, what I want to tie with that is the fact that that has been something you have simplified for all of us. And you're seeing clients have some great results from it. So what drives you the most is exactly what you created. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I mean, you know what, you can even go back further in my life to that, like technology in general was my only hope for a really long time. Like I was bullied for a really long time in school. People thought I was freaking weird. Like I was the type A overachiever for sure. I had friends, um, but for a really long time, like social life was really hard for me and technology was my way to find other people who were weird like me. Like, you know, technology was the thing that connected me with people. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, a lot of people see it sometimes as this like hard thing, but it's only ever made my life easier. Like everything about it has only ever made my life I mean, the internet bullying wasn't fun, but I mean, also made my life easier. I learned how to tell them where to go, but (laughs) (laughs) I learned some great boundaries, but, um, you know, it, that it goes way further back than even just designed to scale. It's just been the thing that's always made my life easier. And so for me, it was like a no brainer that I would want to bring that to people. And I'd see all these people struggling with the tech side. And I'm like, why it's easier than people like, people have emotions and feelings and stuff like that. Computers are like, if this happens, do that. It's literally the easiest thing. And I think our like crazy human mind just wants to overcomplicate it and be like, no, Kajabi's going to hate me if I put that color in there. And it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't give a shit (laughs) if you put that color in there. And that's the beauty of it. It's not judging you. It's just there to help you. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, yeah, the people in it sometimes judge you, but like that's none of your business. It's none of your business. So you you've gone through like a lot of things that led you to this point. And so you just talked a little bit about bullying and younger. And what would you say were some of the key parts of your story that have led you to here? Yeah. Um wow, there are a lot of them. I mean, like mm-hmm. I said, you know, the bullying was definitely a major thing. And it was hard because I, I'm a, I love people. Mm-hmm. I'm a social human. Yep. Um, I prefer smaller groups, but I'm definitely more of a Thanks. social person. And so, you know, to have my f- core group of people, um, 
treat me that way was like really heartbreaking. Like I just didn't understand it at that time, but I was really lucky that I grew up in a time with the internet and the internet technology became my outlet, Mm -hmm. you know, like even in high school, like I was really, I'm, you know, divinely guided. I think now when I think about it, it's like, I went to this super small high school and for some reason it had all of these tech classes. Wow. We had photography and, you know, yearbook. I was using InDesign in grade, like grade 10. Like I've been, I've been using Adobe suite since I was in grade 10, right. I've been using Photoshop since I was in the eighth grade. So it's like that, which I took for granted at the time, but which I, I loved, you know, I won photography competitions in grade 10 and 11 in all of Durham region. Right. And so you, you take that and you think at the time you're like, Oh, this doesn't mean anything. Like these are just things. Mm -hmm. But in reality, they're like these stepping stones that I guess really did create what made tech easy for me. I had this pressure from my peers that like I I didn't fit in. Mm -hmm. And so I just gravitated to the thing that didn't judge me. And that was technology and design and creativity. Um, And so, you know, that was a massive turning point um, for me. Um, And then I, you know, I went to college for the same thing. (laughs) I went to university here in Toronto. Um, I wanted to get into, I loved books, just like technology was an escape for me. Books were a massive escape for me. And so my dad was a printer. He was a pressman and I wanted to print books. Like I wanted to be a publisher. I wanted to read. I wanted to design magazines. And like, that was my jam. That was my whole intent the whole way through um, high school. It was like, I wanted to be Meryl Streep from the Devil Wears Prada. It was going to be. Love that movie. Right? Love it. I was going to be her. That's what I wanted. And so I literally set myself up and picked colleges and picked courses that aligned with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I finished my degree um, from Ryerson, I like jumped right into the workforce and I ended up doing a bunch of different things. You know, I started out working at the Toronto Zoo. Um, I worked there for five years. I worked in their PR department. I have a postgrad in PR as well, which is brand management, which is exactly what I do now today, wow. right? So you talk about connecting dots. Yeah. Um, so I worked in their PR department, planned over a hundred events. So now I know how to multitask. <laughs> like, planned over a hundred events in one summer, which was just absolutely insane. And they loved my work so much that they actually brought me into the corporate side of the business, um, running all their nonprofit communication. So I was working on their website and I was planning donor events and working with large sums of money, getting large sums of money out of people because the Toronto Zoo is a nonprofit, Mm -hmm. right? And so I learned sales techniques and I learned different ways that we talk with people who are of a higher influence in that role. Um, I get bored every year. Like every year I get bored. So I left that and decided I wanted to work in startups. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I worked in startups and I ended up in the marketing world and I was running email campaigns for student organizations here in Toronto matched you to scholarships. So there's always been this underlying need of giving in my life as well. Um, and I loved that job, but I just couldn't work in an office. <laughs> oh no. But I, yeah, I managed all their social media channels. Um, I managed all of their email marketing communications. And the thing that frustrated me about that role was that I, they had a designer Mm in-house. And so I didn't get to design the things that I was putting out. I had to like submit a request for it. And I was like, I don't like red tape. Like (laughs) that was my first taste of like no more red tape. Like I can't, 
Yep. Just let me be creative. Um, and so, you know, a year later I manifested another job where I, I didn't want to work in an office anymore. I was like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. More office. Um, and I quit my job with no job. <laughs> and the next day I got hired, uh, work from home ad agency here in Toronto, but it wasn't actually ads, which was funny. I was actually managing social media accounts. So I was mm-hmm. a social media manager, which is a massive part of what I do today. Um, I was managing accounts like Kodiak Boots and Tabasco and Dole Foods. And then eventually they had me managing all of their ads. So they brought me into digital advertising. Um, that was really cool because I got to travel a lot. I went to social media marketing world in San Diego four mm-hmm. times every year. I met Jasmine Starr before she was Jasmine Starr, oh, right? Like, really? I do yeah. Actually, I do quite, I love her presence and how she shows up. Yeah. Yeah. She really, truly is incredible. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I was surrounded by all these coaches and leaders and trainers in the digital marketing space before I even realized you could do that as like a, a coach, mm-hmm. you know? And so I was kind of around that. And the thing that really happened for me in that role was they started having me manage their ads and I'd write great copy and have cool graphics and we'd send them to the website. And the website wouldn't do anything. And I'd be so frustrated because we're trying to grow their email list. And so I got into website design because I was like, I'm sending so much traffic. I'm telling you, it's a story. It is. I love this. I love it. I can't summarize it. Um, I was sending them so much traffic and the websites weren't converting Mm -hmm. the way that I wanted them to. So I'm like, well, I can't do my job then. (laughs) Well, let me figure out the websites now. Let me look at the the websites. So I, you know, I got into UX design and I started studying up on that. And I started looking at websites that were working. Um, And then that was the longest job I actually ever stayed in. I stayed there for two and a half years. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that I was helping all of these like massive corporations make a buttload of money. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I want to make a buttload of money. Like (laughs) I see what I'm making you and I see what I'm making and it's not adding up. It's not even close to congruent, right? Not even anywhere. This is why some people stay down here. This is why this happens, right? And I was just like, I'm just not here for it. So I like randomly quit that job on a whim with no backup. Uh, thought I was going to do network marketing. <laughs> thought I was going to sell ketones on the internet and make bank, which was tons of fun. I actually didn't do too bad, but um, I got hired to. I always ask the universe, I'm like, show me what's next. Love I went on Facebook and a coach who I ended up working with for over two and a half years was looking for someone to take notes on our calls. <laughs> really? Yeah. So I applied and, you know, within a month I was like, Hey, I know I'm just supposed to take notes, but like this is on your website's real messed up. And like, you could really make more money if you just did that. And this could be way better if you did this. And so after about a year of implementing that, we ended up taking her from 5% passive revenue to 55% passive revenue through funnels and email marketing. Wow. And, you know, we were, we were, we were going to go into a partnership together. And then I just had this, I just had this immense feeling like I did when I was working in that corporate job, mm-hmm. like helping all these corporations make a ton of money. I was helping one woman <laughs> make a ton of money again. And I was just like, I can't, um, I, it's just not sitting with me. So I left a hundred thousand us on the table. I quit the next day. And I, that was, um, 
that was December of last year <laughs> that I left that. I floundered for an entire month. I almost couldn't pay my rent last December. I almost couldn't, couldn't so pay December my rent. 2019, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I almost couldn't pay my rent. And I redid my resume <laughs> thinking I was going to have to get a job. And I was definitely in that place of like, who am I to do this? And I like, I have skills in this and like, what am I going to do? And I have been like trying to force myself to coach for a really long time. And it just kept getting like hammered down. It was like whack-a-mole every time I'd like get really high up university, like, nope, get back in there. Like you're not doing this. And the technology side of running a business just always (laughs) was the thing that would like, let me pop off and breathe for a minute. So I keep uh, picturing this whack-a-mole that you're coming up the wrong holes. It's like, no, not that one. You need to come up here. Exactly. (laughs) Universe is like, no, get back in there. Um, so yeah, I'm not able to pay my rent. I had a website that I randomly designed on WordPress. Um, sitting there and I put it up on my Instagram for 500 bucks. I was like, here's the website. This is what it looks like. It's $500. I'll customize it for you. Just let me know. And I had 14 women ask me for websites. <laughs> uh, and oh. that's my, yeah, <laughs> I love this part of the story. Like, I love this. This is so you're in a low point. So anybody who's listening, you're in a low point. You look at, okay, but what can I do? What can I create? What do I know? And then you step into that space and say, okay, like, help me out here. How's this going to look? How can this work? And then all of a sudden you get flooded with 14 women going, oh my God, thank God, because I don't know how to do this. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I helped all 14 of those women at $500. (laughs) Yeah. You don't do that anymore for $500. Real low at the moment. But (laughs) um, yeah, I built a six figure agency within 10 months. I built over 42 websites last year, over 18 course funnels. And, um, my clients combined probably are nearing six figures now. Um, which is just incredible to see that come full circle and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, same time, just, so just this past November, uh, a year since I quit left a hundred grand on the table. You know, I was in the space of like, I'm still just helping mm-hmm. 42 women. Like I went from helping one woman to 42, which was really great, but I was just like, no more, mm-hmm. no more. How can I help more? 42 isn't enough. Mm-hmm. We have way too many women out there with skills who one can't, some of them can't afford to pay me $5,000 to design their website. It's just right. not right. in their budget. And two, it's also not a good thing to spend your money on at the beginning. I was just going to ask you that. And I'm so glad you went there. This is a, a lot of, like for a long time, people would say the website has to be done, has to be done. No. And that's not the case, right? Like that is not the case. And even in your program, the, I know it stresses people out that the website oh. I'm triggering them all, all day long. (laughs) Yeah. People are like, what? No, no, no. What? What? I actually had a client the other day say to me, I can't because my website's not done. I'm like, I can name you right now. (laughs) I can actually name you three coaches that are creating a million dollars a year. And they were well, well into 750 before they even started a website. And that's mind blowing for people, but it's just, it's just a thing. So website's important, but all the other pieces that you have created, you've now kind of found this, well, it is your niche, but you found something that can support 
female business owners who don't know how to get that message out to people to communicate to like through technology and yeah, can do that. Yeah. You know, design to scale was created to help a thousand women this mm-hmm. year. Like that's mm-hmm. my goal this year is that a thousand women will go through that program and a thousand women, you know, it's not meant to be like, this is how you do it. This is the right formula. That's not what design to scale is about. Design to scale is about giving you the tools and the systems that you need to, to play in your business again, because what works for me isn't going to work for you. Right. I'm really rocking at video. I love doing video content. Maybe that's not your strong suit. And so for me to tell you to do a webinar might not be what's best for you. And so it's really there to say like, this is what's possible. Mm -hmm. right? This is what's possible to save you time and help you make more money and help more people. Mm -hmm. But like, you got to do it. And it was really strategic like that. And this part also triggers people because they want like a, but if I just show up and give you the answers, I'm not building a leader. A hundred percent. I can't, I love what you're saying because I think that's where a lot of coaches make a mistake personally (laughs) is like telling the clients what to do, because if you do that, then you're creating this for lack of a better word, this enabling where the client can never make a decision on their own. You're making a codependency, (laughs) codependency, hundred percent. And it's like empower them to see what's there. And like, I can say, I know for certain there is so many things in that program. I haven't even touched yet, but I, I, that's okay. It's all good. But I know that what I have implemented has created so much ease and knowledge and simplicity in my business that I'm like, okay, and I can do this. Like, this is actually really cool because I kept thinking it was just impossible for me to do. Yeah. And I mean, it's really as easy if you just allow yourself to start to learn it. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that's the thing. And the other thing that happens with tech is that for some strange reason, And I think it's because of the rate that technology has actually progressed and advanced Mm -hmm. that our brains can't comprehend. Um, We're still thinking about building a website as like sitting down and writing lines of code for hours, Uh, thinking about, you know, like that's what we think about when we think about building a website and like, that's not reality anymore. A lot of really smart people have teamed up so that our incapable minds (laughs) don't have to do that. You know, We can just click buttons and, you know, like, type things in boxes now. Like we don't need to know how to code. And for some reason, we all think that we need to know how to do that. And so I was like, how do I get more people to realize that it's, it's easy if you let it be, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's easy if you let it be And there's stuff, it's uncomfortable. My gosh, it's definitely uncomfortable. There are definitely people in the program who are like, this is hard. And I'm like, yeah, right now. Yes. And it's, yes. Do it twice, do it three times and it won't be. Yeah. even you know, I, I totally know. I'm laughing at myself right now because I am in the middle of putting a really big masterclass together very shortly with another person. And it was pretty funny because as we were doing this over the phone, I'm like, this is or over zoom. Okay. So just a second, this is the flow chart of what has to be done in order. And she was like, how do you know that? <laughs> it's like, because I've committed to learning. Cause this is part of my business. Like it's literally part of my, do I get overwhelmed? Yes, I do. I absolutely do. But there's enough steps in place that we can learn and connect and do. So I think, I just think you're really tapping into something which is now allowing other business owners 
to grow their business, to scale their business in ways that we couldn't do before. It's not like social media is important, but social media is such a small piece of our business and people assume it's everything and it's, it's not. I, I, I have a really, I think it's the last piece mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Like I'm like, it's the last thing you should do. Mm-hmm. Um, simply because if you don't know what you're selling and who you're selling it to and what their problems are, and you show up on social media just to like take up space, like one, no one has time for that. And two, like, so now what you're collecting a bunch of followers without the intention of like, there's just no intention in doing social first. I don't think. Whereas like, if you really sit down and say, what's the impact I want to make on the world? What's the problem I want to solve for people? And then use social media as a way to do that. It's a totally different ball game. And you're actually going to make more money in your business because you're, when you do have a product, which is crucial for running a business, you have people who are actually looking for a solution Mm -hmm. already on your channels. But a lot of us are just, I mean, most of us take our personal accounts and I did that, right. We take our personal accounts and switch them over and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But when we do that without an intention, there's just no direction in life and try and throw a, try and throw an arrow with no target. Like it doesn't land anywhere. (laughs) And then (laughs) gotta put the target up first. <laughs> I just sorry, I just had a visual in my head. Like the target's not there. You're just chucking arrows everywhere. You're just chucking arrows and throwing spaghetti at the wall. Like, where are you trying to go? You know? Yeah. <laughs> but then as business owners, we do that and then we're like, see, it doesn't work. <laughs> Meanwhile, there was no target in the first place. Right. And this is where like the human brain is a piece of poop sometimes because it tricks you into this happened and because this other thing happened alongside it, these two things are now connected. So mm-hmm. I launched a program and I use social media, but my program didn't get any enrollment. So social media isn't a good way to do that. No, no, sweetheart. Like maybe the program didn't solve a problem. Like Maybe the audience on social media wasn't present. Maybe they weren't trying to so find a solution for something like maybe we didn't market it in the right way. There's just like so many other things and the brain wants to loop things together, mm. you know? Um, but we don't see that as people cause we're in our own head. <laughs> oh, we're totally in our own head. We're, we're totally in our own head and then we're stuck on that. And I just think there's so many great things that you've said there. What I hear is, and I just want this to land for people is when you go through the transitions of all the changes that you've made, that there was always a point where it's like, okay, it's a level of trust myself. This doesn't work. I don't know what's next, but this doesn't. So there's a level where you have to trust yourself and people get frustrated because they don't trust themselves, but they never ever do it in the first place. Like even with small decisions. Yeah. And I mean, trust is built with action, right? Like I think a lot of people think like we can journal our way out of our problems and like, journal our way into trusting ourselves and like dig in the sand for ancient past historical memories. And like, somehow that's going to miraculously change the future. Like it's action that does that. It's like saying, and like, I went through this, I didn't trust myself for a really, really long time. I got out of a terrible, terribly abusive relationship and I had no trust in myself. I had no idea who I was, let alone how to trust myself. Mm-hmm. And at my, when you're in that space too, which I know a lot of people have been through this, like you think everything is your fault. 
So trusting yourself is not even an option. No. Right. But so like, I really had to start like really small and I mean like really small, I'd be like, Oh, I'm going to brush my teeth every morning. (laughs) And when you show up and brush your teeth every morning, you start to trust yourself. Oh, I'm going to make sure I have three meals today. Okay. And then you have three meals today and like you're building trust. So it's like, it's not something that you can just like think your way into it. It's messy, terrible action. It's like, saying you're going to do something and not doing it and realizing how bad that feels and doing it different the next day, right? Like trust comes from action, even in relationships, right? Trust is broken down with a lack of action or with a certain action that wasn't supposed to happen. And it's built in the same way, right? Like it's built with everything that we do is built with action. And so, um, yeah, I love all of that that you said. And I think it's really important and ties in so well to this, which also goes right back to the beginning of the books that were important to you. Like they speak a lot on that. Yeah. And I just want to tie a little bit of a bow with that because I think that there's this big presence right now about just manifest, just oh. man- <laughs> you yeah. don't see her face on screen, but. <laughs> I knew it was going to come. That's why I said it is just manifest. And I have had people say to me, you are just not manifesting enough. And I'm like, see, there's a certain level. Watch me manifest my face in your face. (laughs) It hurts me. It hurts me because here, I do believe that there is an element of, as I'm doing my NLP certification right now, right? There's an element of not being attached to the outcome. Yeah. Right. Like you still have to show up and do the work. So I think this is where I would love your take as somebody who has created so many different things, been part of big projects, small projects, your own business and the spiritual side to it, learning to trust yourself. What are your thoughts on this? I love manifestation Mm -hmm. to be honest with you. Like manifestation was probably like my, my first introduction into spirituality and business and like what that does. Um, but I was involved in what I call, I hate this word. Oh, it's so overused, but I'm going to use it. Toxic manifestation, mm-hmm. um, where it's like, think positive, happy thoughts, be free, get it. Like if you just think you have money, you'll have money, right? Yeah. Like that, like that toxic manifestation story of like, if you have a bad thought, you're a bad person. And I remember really, really early on learning about manifestation and feeling like trash, like feeling way worse because we have negative thoughts. We have shitty feelings. We have these things that don't make sense that come into our brains. Like it's a human brain. It goes in dark places sometimes. Yeah. And I remember feeling so ashamed of the fact that I had those and thinking that like, this wasn't for me that like, okay, manifestation doesn't work for me. Affirmations don't work for me. Um, And then I found this woman by the name of Lacey Phillips, and she runs a business called To Be Magnetic, and she teaches, this is very me, (laughs) she teaches manifestation grounded in neuroscience. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Yeah, it's really, really cool. And she was the first person who ever taught me that the actual key to manifestation is kind of like, there's three things. One, it's, it's, actually looking at the negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. So not just shooing them away, but realizing that they actually are the path. They actually are the key to the thing that you're looking. It's the thing that's stopping you. Mm-hmm. Right. So like I'm give, I'll give you an example. I'm currently in, in the market for a new condo 
and I have been manifesting it. I, I manifest things in my business all the time. And so my process is like, what is it that I want? How do I want to feel there? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, bringing that visualization element into it. But then the second thing is like, what are all the reasons I'm telling myself I can't have it? Mm-hmm. And oh, so, wow. yeah, what are all the reasons I'm telling myself that this is impossible, which nobody tells you to ask? What are all the negative stories I'm telling myself about this thing? Well, I have terrible credit. Like I fucked up a few years ago, guys, and I got bad credit. So like, (laughs) I'm also single. So one woman who runs a business doesn't have a pay stub, (laughs) like pay myself very minimal to avoid high taxes. So I look like I don't make a lot of money, right? There are all these stories that come up when I ask myself, well, why wouldn't I get approved for the condo of my dreams? Like, what is it? Like, why wouldn't that happen? Mm -hmm. So I start to look at those. And then this is the first piece of the action is actually finding evidence to prove those stories wrong. So for me, it was like, okay, I have bad credit. So let me go and find at least five people who are between the ages of 25 and 29 who have bad credit, who've been approved for condos, Mm -hmm. right? Let me find the ones who are single and don't make a lot of money because they run a business and had success finding a condo or getting approved for a home, right? And so that's the first action step is like, disproving, finding new evidence mm-hmm. for all the reasons you think you can't. And I'm not like, I, I don't have positive affirmations. Like my perfect condo is coming through. Like I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm really looking for the bad ones. Like I'm really looking for the negative things that come up. Um, and so once I've collected the evidence, it's just allowing that to sink in and like reminding myself when the story comes up, oh, well, my girlfriend, Faith, she just had this happen to her. Well, Faith just got approved and it was actually a higher price and in a more volatile city. So why couldn't it happen to me? Mm-hmm. Right. And then the other part of that is the actual freaking action. Like if I don't look on condo websites, if I don't walk to the place and see it, how am I going to get it? right? Like if I don't fill out the application and download my credit score and like print out my bank statements, like I it can't possibly come. Mm-hmm. And so there's the action of reprogramming it, expanding it. And then there's the action of actually putting in motion that what you want, right? Mm-hmm. And the goal of helping a thousand women in design to scale this year. That's a wonderful goal on a sticky note on a wall. But if I never built the program, I can't ever like, it's never coming. You know, those thousand women are never coming if I don't have something. Um, and it's not really like a build it and they will come. It's more of just like, a put one brick down and then they'll come (laughs) Like just one brick at a time. You know, we don't need to build the whole Coliseum. We just need one brick. Um, so yeah, I love manifestation. It's played an important role in absolutely everything that I have in my life from the computer that we're talking on to the condo that I'm in right now. Right. Um, but this toxic manifestation thing of like, think positive thoughts and get, there will be love tattooed on you. Just like, it doesn't work. I love, I just love that you went here and again, not, probably another one of the reasons why it connects so well with what you do and how you speak and how you show up, because I find that stuff can be a real trigger for me because I'm just like, okay, so I'm not doing it right. And I can't have that because I'm not sitting on my couch dreaming of what I'm going to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, yeah, it's a bit, is a bit of a, a, a trigger point for me. Because now flip side of that is that also doesn't mean work your ass off, burn out constantly. And if you don't believe it's possible, but I like how you talked about, look at the negative thoughts that are there. And then how can you shift that or change that and be aware of them? 
Yeah. Cause those are your ceilings, mm-hmm. right? Those are, those are your limits and, you know, outside of even just manifestation, um, looking at those thoughts every day has been a really powerful thing for me. Mm-hmm. I think we call those limiting beliefs in this space, like the things that come up, but like, I think people think limited beliefs are something else or really just like the negative shit you tell yourself. Like, it's, really, yeah. it's just those thoughts that you feel ashamed of, right? It's those moments of your life that you feel ashamed of. And um, if I didn't shift those, I would still be playing those patterns. Mm-hmm. I would still be searching for a condo that's, you know, within my budget and like mm-hmm. that nobody. <laughs> no, no, I think it's great. I think it's great calling those patterns out, recognizing that they're there and seeing that you can, you can shift that. Anybody can shift that. So I just, I love that you shared that. So where's the best place for people to connect with you and learn more about your program and what you offer? Yeah. So I would talk about it every day on Instagram, Coraline Hazelwood. Um, and then let's with an S. So let's launch your site.com will take you to the, I guess it's technically a sales page. We'll take you, it'll take you there. It's eventually just going to be an application. There won't be a sales page, but you can go there to find awesome. it. Awesome. I have a couple of questions for you. Yeah. Um, first one, what, I think you said it, but I really want you to tie it up. What impact do you want to create in the world? <laughs> Oh gosh. Uh, I think I'm just like the beginning I talk about a ripple effect all the time. And I, I, I don't see a limit in it. You know, I want to help a thousand women this year, start their ripple. And so if they help 10 people, then that's a hundred thousand people. But if they help a hundred, then, you know, we got a million. So my thing is just putting more money in the hands of more people and giving business owners back their time through the use of technology and helping them see what's possible with technology, what what they can create, and kind of making making the internet their playground again versus this thing that's like scary and full of code stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're already doing that, and I love it. You are doing that. You are you are simplifying the process for you because again, I've told myself a story for a long time as somebody who is now in her fifties going like, I can't learn technology. How am I going to do this? Like, this is just too hard, too intimidating. And all of a sudden I'm like, no, it's not. No, it's not. I can figure this out, but the right teacher is there and can simplify it. And that makes it all easier. Cause I've had other people try and explain it to me. And I'm like, I don't even know what you're saying. I don't even know. I don't even know what you're saying, but you've simplified it. So yes, as a test subject, it works. Amazing. (laughs) Amazing. I know. So I have one more question for you and it is what lesson in life are you most grateful for? Oh, I'll leave you with a heavy one. Um, I lost my dad in 2015 to cancer and I think that just really opened my eyes to how fleeting, Mm -hmm. um, time really is. I think it's, it's why I'm I'm so determined to make a difference. And it also really opened my mind to what doesn't and doesn't matter at all. Like other people's opinions of me, shit people say on the internet. Um, you know, it, it totally shifted everything about the way that I live my life. Mm -hmm. And, um, it just made me way more grateful for the time that I do have here, even when it's, even when it's hard and when it's challenging. Um, so yeah, 
Probably not. It's not heavy. It's really, really, really strong. And I love that you shared that because I think that sometimes it takes us to go through an experience to really understand what's important, what's not. And what we think is important, honestly, is hardly ever important. Yeah. You know, it, it was weird things. It was little things like, um, this one, this resonates with a lot of people when I share it. So like, it was little things though, like when he passed away and I was like looking for photos of him and I with him and there weren't any, because I was so obsessed with my body and like how I looked and like my physical appearance and thought I was overweight and all those other things. And I was just like, wow, (laughs) that doesn't matter. Well, it does. It does. Right now I take better, way better care of my body, but like in the grand scheme of things, take the damn photo you know, like get yes. in picture, <laughs> like yes. get in and play ball because like it, you won't always have that opportunity with everybody. It won't always be there. So. Yeah. I think that that's a, there's a lot that can go with that. And there's a lot of, um, I think of moms in general, cause I know even in myself, there was a lot of times I don't have pictures at certain ages when my kids were younger. Cause I just was not feeling great or not feeling like, like and I look at it and go, God, none of that, none of that shit mattered. Like it didn't matter at all. But at the time you think it's a big deal. It's not like, it's just, it's just not important. Yeah. I mean, I see this with business owners who are like afraid to go live without makeup on. And I'm like, dude, did you see the photos of myself in high school that I uploaded? Like drunk, hammered dresses that barely covered my butt. And now I'm worried about showing up without mascara on. Like, are you people kidding? Like, you know? <laughs> It's like, think about everything else you've ever put on the internet or like exchange via chat conversation. You're worried about not having makeup on. It's like these little things don't matter, but like we're stopping ourselves from making a difference when we get in our own way like that. hundred percent. When I, I have a lot of clients that I coach about like getting out there to be authentic and share yourself. And that is like literally the messages that keep coming up. They're afraid of this. They're not, they don't have this done. They don't have this done. I'm like, you connect with people. Like you connect with real people. Do you connect with the perfectly curated person who speaks online? They're like, no. And I'm like, well, that's because you connect with real people. So when I was trying to figure this out, like I look back and I laugh at these videos but I was really starting to show up in lives around 2015, 2016, 2015. And I was really struggling with, can I do it right? Like I look back at the, you can barely see me because there was no lighting. We didn't have ring lights <laughs> yeah. then. Like it was black. It was, it was just like, I still do it. But I had such a mental block over it. So what I did was I started recording lives after I finished hot yoga. Okay. I don't know what you like, like after hot yoga, but I was like a freaking mess. And that's why I did it on purpose on purpose. Cause I was like, now this is real. Like this is totally real makeup's here. I finished, I had an idea and I'm going to do it now. And I can't tell you how fast that helps you get over yourself. Yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Your selfish self. (laughs) Yes. Is by doing that. So I love that you, I love, thank you for sharing that with us because I think that that is a tough lesson to learn, but a really, really powerful one as you really start to understand what matters and what doesn't and like literally get out of your own damn way. Just get out of your own damn way and do it. Yeah. I mean, you've heard me say this a million times over thinking about that, thinking about you and how people are going to see you and like what you look like. And like, do I look like an idiot? And like, is my role showing? And like, is my tan tan enough? Like things that I still think about. Right. But that's really selfish of you. Like yeah, a lot of people to help and they don't give a flying hoot what your tan looks like. And if they do, they're not your people. Yeah. Right. And so it's just like, when we're focusing on those things, we're thinking about ourselves, which we all need to think about, but when we're building a business, we all need to think about the people on the other side 
of the screen. And it's not about us. And when you think about them and what they're going through and ask yourself if you would want someone to show up, you know, with no makeup on and their hair in a bun and help you through that hard time you had, you would say yes, 100% every time. And yet for some reason we stop ourselves. And so I just Mm -hmm. think that it's, yeah, obviously incredibly challenging, but also incredibly selfish. And when I frame it like that for people next day, they're usually on live and I'm like, yes, I got you triggered you into action. <laughs> it's just, it's such a great shift. And I I'm grateful for you and for how you share that message and to keep reminding us that it's really about who we are here to help and not standing in that space is selfish. It's selfish. Very much so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So grateful for you. Love this conversation. I loved it. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. If you love this episode, please submit a rating and review on iTunes and please share it with someone you think could benefit from hearing this message or this podcast. I love connecting and meeting you. So please screenshot the episode and tag me on social media or Instagram stories at Marsha Van W. And until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life.